Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Holy Communion. Thank you for joining us for this sermon. You can find all of our sermons at holycommunion.net and our Facebook, YouTube, and podcast channels. Consider hitting like or subscribe. Consider sharing this sermon with others. It helps us to reach more people like you. We are so thankful to those who support our ministry. You can give today at holycommunion.net backslash give. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Please be seated. In today's Gospel lesson, Luke tells the story of how Jesus commissions 72 disciples to go in peace, to greet people, receive their hospitality, to heal, and proclaim the nearness of God's kingdom. Jesus doesn't give much instruction to prepare them, except to say that he's sending them out as lambs among wolves, clearly warning of the potential hostility and opposition that that they may face. There were so many who needed to hear God's message, it created a big harvest, a season of great urgency, with few workers to meet the demands. Jesus tells his disciples to take nothing with them, not even the most basic of supplies. They're to venture out, not as a group, but on their own, in pairs, to provide companionship and perhaps some protection to each other. Imagine what may have been going through their minds, the risks they were taking, the feelings of vulnerability. The disciples are to accept whatever hospitality is offered to them along the way, taking any form of lodging, food, and drink they can find. If they're not welcomed in a certain place, they're to simply move on to the next one. Jesus also tells them how to respond when their peace is not reciprocated. Jesus explains that whoever listens to them listens to him Whoever rejects them, rejects him. And and whoever rejects him, rejects the one who sent him. And they must leave any punishment for rejecting the gospel to God alone. What Jesus was asking them to do was to evangelize. We may often think that Christ's original 12 apostles were the only ones qualified or appointed to evangelize, much as how we believe clergy today are better equipped to take on this task. Yet we're reminded in this morning's passage that Jesus appoints many others to preach the gospel, everyday followers of Jesus, everyday followers of Jesus like you and me, not just apostles and not just clergy. Here at Holy Communion, Our mission describes us as a diverse and welcoming community, seeking to walk the way of Jesus and to reveal Christ's reconciling love in our city, nation, and world. Let me repeat the second part. To reveal Christ's reconciling love in our city, nation, and world. We are called upon to spread the gospel. We are called to evangelize. We can spread the gospel in different ways, quietly or spectacularly, 
verbally or by showing love and concern to our neighbors. However, the task of actually proclaiming the gospel to others is one of the main reasons why we exist. The gospel tells us we have all been empowered to evangelize, yet it can be daunting and challenging. If you feel this way, as I often do, you're not alone. We Episcopalians tend to shy away from evangelism by saying things like, who, me? I'm not qualified. It's not my nature. I might not get it right. Indeed, evangelism for some of us is frightening at best, and perhaps that's why we may often think of it as a job for clergy alone. The word evangelism may even conjure up negative impressions, such as missionaries who knock on our doors and insist that their version of the gospel in their church are the only ones acceptable to God. Or a televangelist Senate hopeful who tragically seems to have forgotten what it means to speak in the name of Jesus, claiming that parents and teachers who discuss LGBTQ topics with their children pose a national security threat. He promises that if elected, he will hold these types accountable for child abuse and even treason. The harvest is bigger than we can imagine with few workers. That's true today, if not even more so. Disciples are still called to help reduce the load. 72. That's roughly twice the number of folks worshiping here in this building this morning. Hardly enough to make a dent when you consider the millions of people living in our fractured and turbulent world. On a holiday weekend, when we normally would be celebrating July 4th, our nation's birthday, many of us are anxious for our future, for what our country has become. Jesus' instructions to his disciples reminds us that Christian life is not always one of comfort and stability. We're sent out in his name, yet feel apprehensive about shopping at the grocery store, worshiping at church, seeking medical care, sending our children to school, living day to day with our wives or husbands. Angst is not exactly great motivation for those who are already hesitant to evangelize. It's no wonder that we're reluctant. The Reverend Dr. Titus Pressler of the Diocese of Vermont and former president of the Episcopal Seminary of the Southwest in Austin, Texas, recently published an opinion piece addressing this reluctance. He contends, Episcopalians affirm a connection between word and example, speech and deed, but when it comes to practice, we typically say yes to example, no, yes to deed, but no, or at best, maybe to word. Reticence about verbalizing the good news of God and Christ in actual speech is what underlies Episcopalians' reluctance to engage in evangelism, still less to embrace it as a mandate for ourselves or for the church as a whole. Presiding Bishop Michael Curry has made evangelism a centerpiece of his ministry within the church and beyond, 
often saying that his title of CEO means that he is the Episcopal Church's Chief Evangelism Officer. Bishop Curry is currently in conversation with his staff and others about forming a digital campaign that would represent a view of Christianity as the face of Jesus. Our Bishop, Dion Johnson, has said that he believes the Church, especially the Episcopal Church, has to redevelop or rediscover what evangelism is. Evangelism is really just telling our story, he says. We tend to have negative connotations with evangelism, but at the best, it's us simply sharing the stories of where God has impacted us and impacted our lives. The Reverend Canon Whitney Rice spoke from this pulpit a couple of weeks ago that if you are over the age of five, you are 100% called to serve in this spiritual community, and your call will correspond to your gifts and abilities. Granted, she was referring to one's call to ministry, but aren't ministries a form of evangelism, or at least a vehicle? Several members of Our Laity went out with clergy this past Ash Wednesday to man Ashes to Go stations across from the courthouse in Clayton, the Schnooks parking lot in U City, Rockwell House, SLU, and Wash U. They distributed ashes, offering people a moment of prayer, reflection, and renewal. Many others in our diocese did the same thing, taking and proclaiming the message of God out into the streets. Years ago, I worked with an EYC group whose members wrote countless letters of encouragement to a young girl in juvenile detention. They took time to visit her because she needed to hear that Jesus loved and accepted her, even though it felt like everyone in her life had abandoned her. After her release, she asked them to continue sharing stories about this Jesus person, this man who hung from a cross that she kept hearing about. Sounds like evangelism to me. When the 72 returned from their mission, they were joyous, exclaiming that even demons had submitted themselves. Jesus urged them to keep their spiritual authority in perspective, that their names written in heaven, their salvation, mattered more than their power. When Deacon Chester sends us out today, to go in peace to love and serve the Lord. I pray that we feel less intimidated about actively proclaiming and sharing with others the good news of God's love, grace, healing, and peace. If we go forth, preach the gospel, and are welcomed, great. If we're rejected, well, okay. Jesus teaches us to simply move on. It's not our job to stick around and convince them. Leave that to God. We are followers of Jesus, disciples, and evangelists, united in a longing for peace, a need for justice, a love that rescues all. We are sent out to face circumstances we cannot fully imagine, yet we trust and know that God goes with us and will provide us all that we need. May we all become comfortable with our empowerment 
our freedom to proclaim the gospel and come to know and celebrate the joy that our names are written in heaven. Amen.